Hello. So How are you doing, Johnny? You okay? I'm very good, thank you, sir. Um, shall I shall I start by giving myself a little intro so you're yep. aware of who I am and what I do? So I'm Johnny Breeze. I uh, run Yellow Cat Recruitment. Uh, we are specialists in the world of production, post-production, creative services. Uh, predominantly, we've been working across the London markets, uh, but we're pushing into more of the European markets due to winning a bit of business over there a couple of years back and deciding to sort of actually take a lot of what our specialism is and try to, to grow that area. Um, I've been running the company for 17 years now um, and um, experienced quite a lot in that time, as you can probably imagine, um, with uh, having a sort of uh, the credit crunch uh, recession, a pandemic, and sort of like it's 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 been it's been a roller coaster, um, but still as excited and um, pumped for recruitment going forward as I have been up until this point. So even even more so, to be honest. Um, so right, that's a bit about me. Um, over to you. Cool. I'm uh, I'm Elliot Manning. I am the manager director of Cayman Recruitment. We are a retrorect business going now for 10 years. Uh, we are based in London with about 10, 11 of us here and six in the States. And we've been working the US market for four or five years. We work across different roles uh, in the industry, but we're more known for more of the experienced hires. And for us, we cover predominantly most sectors um but a majority of what we do is professional services and that's it really yeah i mean i kind of see and know a lot in the uh, in the industry and you know i speak to a lot of business owners do a lot of podcasts and partner with the trn so work with a lot of the members of those you know those guys as well yeah and we can i guess we can talk about a couple of subjects in here that I guess talks about the industry and you know maybe where you guys are at with you know uh talent at the moment or do you see any shortages of candidates what what, what do you think yeah very interesting I, I didn't know you were kind of an expert on these pod, uh, podcast things um me not <laughs> me not so much um but but they're actually part of our kind of um roadmap going forward next year actually because i think i've got access to some great sort of uh leading talents and and, and speakers within sort of our sector um and actually doing something similar to this which actually would really be added value to our to our sort of like candidates and and other clients would be would be something really good so even just to sort of like how you got sort of set up in in, in hosting podcasts and and doing that would be quite an interesting topic um to discuss yes. at some point um but yeah i mean um so obviously there's there's a couple of kind of core cool questions that, that that we've kind of been asked um sort of uh, in terms of some of the key changes um, across the world of recruitment over the last 12 to 18 months. Yeah. I mean, well, that's, uh, that's an open-ended question if ever I've seen one. Um, I, th I think, I think kind of there's, there's, there's been a lot. Um, I mean, I can give a, a couple to, to kick off, I would say sort of like, and whether these are the last 12 to 18 months or maybe potentially a bit longer, um, obviously there's a, there's the whole hybrid working or some companies working completely remote, some sort of like trying to go back to a four or five day a week in the office, some having a blend of that and, and, and that kind of thing. The, the, that's obviously one of the kind of key changes I've noticed. Uh, that was never really a topic of discussion sort of uh, pre-pandemic really. I mean, there, there were sort of 
there were some companies that maybe were doing four day weeks in five days or the talk about yeah. that, but it, but it wasn't necessarily as prevalent as it is now in that sort of sense. Um, and 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 I kind of think sort of like there's there's also kind of a lot of changes in terms of how companies are sort of recruitment consultancies are looking to price their services. Um, sort of whether they're going down the RPO or subscription modeling or trying to win more retained rather than rather than contingent work. There's there's lots about that. Um, there's also kind of actually the role of a recruiter, whether it's kind of a sort of uh, a 360 or, or kind of a 180 or even a 120, which I've kind of looked into as well and sort of actually working out is today's recruitment the same as it was five, 10 years ago in terms of the ability to, to kind of do everything like a 360 recruiter does or actually are you better as a business owner to build kind of delivery teams, business yeah. development teams, sort of resource teams, all of those kind of things. There's 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 a lot there's lots of stuff. So I mean there there are a few things that I'm thinking of yes, earlier. Like, so, like I said, but, it's quite an open-ended question, isn't it? Yeah, look, for sure. And with regards to the whole hybrid and what remote working, we've seen it from the point where it was fully remote and everything was based on you know video interviewing and everyone was hiring on a remote basis and that was it. Then we got to a point where it was gone from one extreme to the other, where businesses were like, all right, we're back in office now and we're back in five days a week. And, you know, in some cases four. Um, but what's kind of uh, come out of all of this a lot more is that hybrid model with three and three days in, two days out, which works really well. And a lot of, you know, the businesses that I've seen work with and it, it's uh, probably the biggest. But do you know what? I, I say it's probably the biggest uh, way of working at the moment, but what I'm starting to see coming into New Year's businesses going from three days into now four and changing things up a lot more again. And I see that with the bigger businesses, they're finding it very, more, you know, a lot more difficult to manage a remote business. And they're not, they're, the, the, there's a talent shortage, right? Let's be honest. And there's a lot of, you know, it's difficult for hiring at the moment, especially for recruitment companies. So what they've had to do is go down the junior graduate and trainee route. And, um, you know, for them, they're, not going to be able to grow their businesses and get to the numbers they need to get to without doing that. But in order for them to be successful in doing that, they need to be in office because they need to train, they need to develop and they need to learn. So there's, it's, it's a catch 22 at the moment in the industry. And we're seeing that a lot. I'm living through that at the minute, Elliot. I'm, I'm kind of, we, yeah. when we, when we came back from sort of uh, not sort of actually closing an office when the pandemic hit to actually then finding an office when business started coming back, which wasn't too much after, to be fair. Um, it was then kind of sort of structuring the team and thinking, what, what are the team wanting? I included everyone yeah. and kind of got a sort of uh, a consensus amongst sort of, what what that hybrid model like might look like and stuff like that but i i kind of completely agree with you actually trying to man manage myself absolutely fine managing a team sort of when they are kind of um sort of remote and working from home on those days they work from home find that really challenging um, yeah. even with the 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 level of experience i've got in terms of to actually get the best out of them um and it's actually more so like exactly what you pointed out it's more so with the the new talent, sort of like the inexperienced talent, that that kind of the the the, the, the people coming coming into the market, that's the hard thing because yeah. I remember when I was learning out learning recruitment, I I kind of a lot of it was actually just seeing it and and feeling it and living within it yeah. and, and kind of shadowing people and, and stuff like that. I think 
that element when people are working from home you don't hear conversations you only hear what you're actually what's happening in your bedroom in your office in your home office and stuff like that so you you miss out on a lot of absorbing just sort of that wider perspective of yeah. things um, and you don't bump into people sort of like you you don't sort of stumble into someone on zoom you have to kind of schedule things so it's kind of changed the way people do things um and, yeah. and, and and i think trying to actually bring what was really successful pre-pandemic into now is this kind of challenge because i exactly the same as what you said i would like to move four days a week in the office um and and one day working from home because certainly for i can see the benefits not only for the junior members of people within my team but also kind of the actual business performance i think would be would be more would be stronger yeah it would be a massive benefit and you know going on to the second point of you know what it would look like and i'll go back to one of the other things you were saying before as well but on this subject you know businesses moving forward is going to be two types and we work with both you know one business is going to be just mature consultants experienced consultants and people that can work independently and they've been there and done it and that's a slower building process but it's also still successful but it means more investment and more money spent um because obviously it's a lot more expensive yeah um, then you've got the other businesses that are having to go back into office because the only way they're going to you know get from you know 50 to 100 and 100 to 200 is by building out these graduate and academy um models that for them is going to allow them to increase their headcount and their revenue you know so there's that's that's it's either going to be one or the other and and I think that's fine. Um, that's kind of how I see the next 12 to 18 months on that, that specific side of things. You mentioned before about the models that businesses are using and how they're approaching their clients. You know, if you look at the embedded model, for example, right, there's a few businesses, and I don't know if you've seen on LinkedIn, that have really struggled with that embedded piece at the moment. And in the agency world, that is. A lot of recruitment businesses that, I, again, I've seen, wanted to go down that task you know, set up RPO embedded models. And right now with everything that's going on, especially in the tech markets, yeah, they're not, they're, they're, they're in my opinion, going to start struggling a lot more. And they're the ones that are going to be affected a lot more. Um, so is it um, as amazing as it sounds? Is it the right way forward away from your typical contingency and retained model? No, I don't believe it is, but you may think otherwise. No, do, do, do you realize I've looked, I've looked, and I've worked with James Osborne on sort of quite a lot of these different types of models and exploring different things. I think you've got to know your clients, you've got to know your market, and you've got to know what, yeah, of course. what, what will work for them. And and I looked at I looked at things, um, I looked at sub subscription, I looked at RPO, I looked at sort of the kind of exclusive and contingent and and even retained. So lots of different options. Um, I, 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 the, the thing that works really well for our market is is the exclusive. It's kind of working as partners to to clients, working exclusively with them, giving them a bit of a discount for that exclusivity, uh, but easily equally getting really sticky with them and being able to kind of add a lot of other value rather than just being a transactional kind of consultancy that just sort of fills jobs for them it's kind of actually being their yeah. kind of partner and actually giving them sharing content with them and kind of coming up with sort of just different initiatives to make sure that they those those organizations that we partner with can really thrive in this kind of market because it is competitive and um, there's a lot of kind of sort of data and content that, and, and just conversations that we have as as recruiters and same for you you kind of 
there's so much kind of really good insights into that that can be passed on to kind of clients that maybe aren't aware. And even if they sound quite simple sort of uh, nuggets of information, that actually some people aren't necessarily exposed to those kind of conversations. And and, and so, so we, we, we try to kind of um, build our reputation through exclusively through exclusive yeah. recruitment and and it seems to work really well and um and as long as we're kind of like i say keeping in, in regular contact with all of our clients whether we're working with them directly on on roles that they're looking to hire then or just the bigger piece of kind of actually how they're looking to grow or or sort of the strategy behind whatever they're looking to do on a sort of semi-regular basis that's, yeah that's right I think yeah. that traditional recruitment works extremely well and a lot of businesses still maintain, you know, still maintain that and still do it. But I think that, you know, for the last two years where everyone's seen such a success in the industry and in the recruitment market, those models did work and still can in some industries, for example, maybe in finance where it's not so affected and banking where it's, in, you know, in the needed market. But, you know, to ask a company in the tech industry, I'll give us a million quid for a contract to work with you for the next year and a half, two years. I don't feel like many businesses are going to be willing to put up that kind of money or commit to that with what's going on in the economy right now with a potential recession to, to come and we're yeah. in it apparently and all that sort of thing. So um, that in the next 18 months, I feel like it's going to go back to your true grit of, you know, contingent 360 retainers, you know, on roles, for example, and not such long term, you know, two year models that we would all really love. But I think that's going to be fairly difficult to get. Yeah, to be serious, I've looked at that, and, and sometimes when people talk about kind of the retained or kind of subscription they've got with their clients, there's part of me that's like, oh, I'm really jealous of that. That sounds quite nice to have a sort of like a an, an amount that that kind of is a regular kind of amount. I, I I I I've managed to build that through a different way, sort of, which is kind of opening up our kind of freelancer and contractor desk much more, um, and actually build really good relationships with clients that come to us looking for short and medium term sort of freelance sort of staff because in the same yeah. way that is that's a really nice sort of um sort of rolling kind of sort of uh revenue channel that you can kind of build into it so um that seems to have kind of done that and and also i just i think kind of when you look at sort of um some of these you've got to see are they fit for purpose for your organization and your clients and if they're not then then you've got to kind of just focus on how can you deliver the best sort of service you can under the the structure that you've got with your clients? Um, yeah, no, I'm, 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 yeah, be open. Like, I know James is for it, and we've spoken about it numerous times. But you know, and a lot of businesses are for it, and they're doing very well with it. But I'm, what I'm, I guess, kind of saying is, moving forward in the future, it's going to be a lot more challenging, and and I don't think it's the right the right working way forward. Um, yeah. You know, a, a lot of agencies that I. Uh, I spoke to you recently, they've told me that they've lost a lot of their RPOs and a lot of their embedded models where people sat on site with clients and subscriptions of six months payments and whatever. And yeah. they're focusing on, literally, they just do what you've just said. They were focusing on making sure that they've got the clients, you know, relationships there, the exclusivity, and that they're getting the delivery that they need before anyone else can even get a chance. Um, so they're securing their income anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm conscious we should probably move on to some of the other points as well, yeah. right? Sort of, which is the next one we're going to pick up on? What, what do you fancy talking about, Elliot? 
Um, I mean, let's talk about the podcast and the marketing. Yeah, okay. Um, okay it's a good fine. subject to talk about, and I can recommend. Given we're on, uh, given we're on one, right? <laughs> well, why not? We might as well. Um, I took up. Uh, I worked with a guy called Sean Anderson from Hoxo Media. I know him. Um, I worked yeah. with him in two thousand, just literally twenty twenty, as the pandemic came into play. He put a course out there. It was like four months. Um, did it with loads of people and he taught us how to do a podcast and to set it all up and how to operate it basically and ever since I think I've done now nearly 70 episodes oh, of wow. my own podcast which you know I've really enjoyed it and I've seen a lot of value in doing so not only just from a networking perspective you know being able to talk to the industry and you know and keep on top of it all but ultimately it's good for marketing content it works for SEO as well you know there's a lot more to it um, but if you're doing it within your industry of your clients, you know, you can utilize that clip, that um, episode to send to candidates when preparation for interview, you know, so that they can learn about the businesses a lot more. And it's just a different value added service that you can provide. So there's a lot of positives to it. And oh, uh, I'll put uh, the time in it. I can only see I can only see positives to it. Is, um, and, and to be honest, I mean, how much time do you when you go into one of the kind of podcasts, sort of how do you select the sort of participants you want to, to chat with and stuff like that and then what agenda is it your agenda that you want to is it their agenda how do you structure that and then how much prep time and and then the editing so I suppose the sort of the whole process I'd just be quite interested to know so selecting someone is not a case of look I'll be honest with you it is it's something for everybody I always look at it at you know I can speak to a guy that runs a business of 20 people a guy that runs a business of 100 2,000 people but some people don't want to listen to him. They want to listen to that one. So yeah. it, I've just kind of just go with it. I don't really look into it too much. I just want to keep creating opportunity for these guys, you know, and, and girls to, to get on it. And um, I also just enjoy speaking to different backgrounds. Um, the agenda itself, um, it's a flow, free-flowing conversation. So, you know, I have a agenda in here that I kind of want to follow and go through. But ultimately, it's all about what does the audience want to hear about. So, the current season is all about the United States and the market over there and staffing yeah. and how to get over there. And it's just a hot topic. And that's kind of how we just talk and just keep it open. Um, do you align to do you finish, align the top sorry, sorry, Elliot. Do, do you align the topics to or try and align them to the kind of business or, or is that naturally happens given that sort of you're you're speaking to people within your kind of sector and market? Um, I just look at the industry and what's going on, what people are talking about the most and go with that. You know, that's it. I could change it and talk about, I could do a series on something completely different and separate around, I don't know, um, interviewing and talent and commissions and salaries and what, you know, that kind of thing. And I think that, that you know, that would still get an interest, but there's, there's so many things I'm sure even in your space that yeah. people are talking about that might work, you know, automating more technology and and whatever yeah 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 absolutely okay fine. and then and then do you do you edit it yourself or do you have sort of someone else who kind of who, who does that so i used to do it all myself and it probably would take um 20 minutes half an hour if that um depends what, on snipping YouTube. snipping bits out like we're going to probably like james will snip this bit out or something like that well yeah, yeah pretty much yeah you can snip out and edit it within once you learn how to do it it can yeah, be done within yeah. minutes it's very very yeah. straightforward there's platforms that do the subtitles and automatically pick those subtitles out of the conversation so it's done for you so but i i've then got someone now that's doing our social media full-time so they just do it all 
Um, yeah, I've, I've just hired someone exactly the same who started yeah. week, week before last. So part of the remit of hiring her was so I'm looking into 2023, do sort of um, a lot more kind of podcasts and actually then have her help out with the with the kind of branding a bit and these, like you said, the subtitles and the editing and stuff like that. So it looks a little bit, I, I like them to look quite natural anyway and sound quite natural, but they equally nicely branded is always a nice thing to today just consistency you know a lot of people that did the course unfortunately did like three or four or five episodes and never did you know to someone like toby from harrington star you know he was he does his own one and he's been doing it for such a long time that he's been just constant it's just it's just again it's just that consistency mm. um you know you've just got to keep at it you might only get three or four downloads but in six months if you've kept doing it it's the same with any progress of anything you, you're going to get 60 downloads and 600 downloads so you just got to keep it but it's where so are you on at the minute elliot where are you on when you when you look at uh, not, not that it should be judged on that it's, it's, it's surely judged on other things rather than youtube someone youtube have gone to like four five hundred um spotify is usually kind of circulating around the 100 downloads per episode mark yeah um so i'm quite happy with that considering i'm i'm not anyone or anything that's you know should oh. be out there it's, it's, it's just it's just a good listen for a lot of people but you know, I don't knock yourself to down too much don't knock yourself of course. Down. but i get reached out to by people saying oh i've listened to this you know can we have a chat and that's all you want out of it is is that all right and you know putting you know by putting your time into it yeah yeah okay fine nice nice um let's pick something else to sort of deviate into um what other things to... I mean, what about the business development questions because uh, you were saying before about recruiters changing yeah absolutely it's quite an interesting one i think I don't, I, I, it, it depends. I think this is a really interesting question. It's sort of like, I think it depends if business development is part of a recruiter's role or not, because I see roles as a recruiter that in naturally, and, and I feel it should be. If you're, a, if you're a recruiter, I feel like business development is part and parcel of a recruiter's role. But then if you look at kind of a 120 model, which might, you might be a recruiter in that, if from job title's sake, it possibly isn't. Um, but I, I, I think, I think any recruiter really should be that should be part parcel of 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 their role, or they should kind of actually move aside and maybe be part of a different type of team, like a delivery team, if, if they're not strong on that. Um, but yeah, that, 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 that that's kind of my view, and I think kind of when I look at my team, I think there are some people that that are naturally good developers of business, and then there's other people that actually they offer a lot of other things. But developing business is not a natural um, sort of skill set and character trait that they have. Um, so, so it's kind of, I think it's a little bit sort of, you, you have to decide when you are bringing kind of someone in, I suppose, as to whether you want them to have that ability to do that. Some people can learn it, um, but I think a lot of development business is, so to my mind, is, 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 is you probably have an inkling that, that would be a, a sort of a, a skill set that would fit into who you are and, and what you want to do. Um, what, what, what's your thoughts on that? And, and when you obviously receive a lot of briefs from recruitment companies that are looking to, to kind of hire recruiters, how often is it either explicitly said, we need someone with business development or sales experience and how, much, how, how many times do you, we don't want anyone like that, if you yeah. have, if you have, yeah. 
the last three months, more so than ever, it's all uh, a necessity to be able to do 360 in business development. But to, for the two years before that, it was all about delivery, account management, and being able to fill jobs because everyone was so job heavy and everyone was being, you know, it was pretty easy to do BD for the last couple of years. But now we're getting a lot of um, business development positions coming through and we've never, we haven't seen that in about three years. So, yeah, very, you, very um, big, you know, transition. Yeah, interesting. And do you feel kind of with that sort of um, a lot of, because I think a lot of recruitment owners just literally, their markets are very, very similar in terms of the sort of um, the, the kind of the, the sort of the highs and lows in, in terms of sort of like where they are in their journey of kind of with their clients and the market and everything like that. Do you feel sort of that, there are sort of people that, that should break the trend, uh, break that mold and actually kind of sort of like maybe six months ago should have been looking kind of for people with business development rather than waiting to the sort of say, go, oh, the market's slowing down. I now need to find a 360 recruiter. Why, why were those businesses not looking six months or a year ago for those when actually... Just, yeah. poor, in my opinion, poor strategy. Um, mm -hmm. And if you would have spoken to, again... James, a year ago, he would have always said you should always, doesn't matter how much you've got on, how many yeah. jobs you have, you should never stop doing the business development. Absolutely. And a lot of businesses got so, in my opinion, carried away with the amount of work they had, they completely just disregarded it and didn't think they needed to do it. And they're now in a position where they haven't got many recruiters in their business that can do it and are struggling to get those people in. So Totally agree yeah. with you there. I, big, I totally agree difference. with you because I think that was something that James probably highlighted nine months, 12 months ago to sort of say, look, even though the market is really buoyant, even though you are working on possibly too, too many jobs for your thing, do not take your eye off business development because sort of like that, you always need to be doing that because you always need to kind of... Yeah. And also you need, to, you need to have the best business. It's not just about having a business. It's about, in my eyes, it's like you've got to kind of ascertain what is what is the really good business and actually can we win yeah. more of that as opposed to just working on things because they come into you as an agency or consultancy exactly yeah and it all yeah. changed and um, you know now people were seeing the differences and we are and we're supplying to them and they're the ones trying to get you know change their whole dynamic because they didn't do it you know a year ago when they should have yeah yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, and that's why you're getting them all coming in looking for the same yep. thing. They're all looking for the same people, right? Yeah, they do. But you know, that's just our our, our market is always just you know very you know is always the same. It's either one, I, I, one thing yeah, or another. I, I think I've learned that from kind of the, like I say, the sort of like the the credit crunch back in 2008 that sort of like and, and and the kind of other sort of challenges sort of like the the economy have had like not to always follow the crowd and sort of like not yeah not be the flow sort of like in, in that sort of sense so, so sort of yeah yeah no exactly but no listen it was great to meet you i think Likewise. we've covered covered these questions and um you know if anything anyone else wants to, to talk about with us let us know yeah, absolutely, Elliot. Well, th yeah, thank you very much for, for, for sort of like the conversation. Like I said, we could have probably had loads more. There's loads more kind of absolutely. questions. But we're being kind. We're leaving them to the other people who are behind us who are going to sort of do, do more of these kind of podcasts. So we'll be fine. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.